Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. So I want to share a few things before we get into the Word this morning. Uh, last weekend, I was not here. I was uh, in Botswana, Khaburoni. And uh, just in case you are planning to travel overseas, you must prepare yourself for four COVID tests. It's, a, it's supposed to be two COVID tests, but Botswana, they take it to another level. You know, I did a test here. You were there recently, you know, Tabitha. Uh, you know, I did a test living here on a Thursday. I arrived there. They did a test like at the airport, an instant 15 minutes test. You wait uh, until you get your test. I don't know what happens if you get a positive. You like sleep at the airport. You know, like you're not going anywhere. You stay right here, you know, because that was the last flight out back to South Africa. And then Saturday after I did the training with the leaders there, I have to go for another COVID test, but they mean business. They do two COVID tests. In case the other one doesn't come out right, they are sure that this one will come out right. Botswana is the only country I know in Africa. There's no manga manga business there. They mean business. I mean, they mean business. But while there, I just want to share two testimonies. Uh, we got to ordain two evangelists. Uh, on uh, the left side there, that couple there, we were ordaining the lady. Her name is Delight uh, as an evangelist. What is amazing with uh, Rappelang and Delight, they used to be here at Every Nation, Joburg. Uh, Rappelang was studying his PhD at Wirtz, and they led a connect group. Some of the people from their connect group are people that we know, like Pastor Shola, who's one of the lay pastors in this church, and Pastor Jacques, who planted Every Nation, Bramfontein. They were in their connect group. Now Delight gets to be ordained as an evangelist. Not only is she reaching people to the Lord, she's also equipping children of God to reach out to the lost. So it was such an honor to be there. My highlight was um, this couple here. It is my left, your right. Boaho, uh, he comes from a village just outside Khaburoni, and um, he realized that with COVID, they will not be able to travel, especially with the first hard lockdown, to Khaburone for church, because they used to travel to Khaburone for church. He started a small group in his home, and that group grew into a church. And before we know it now, we have a new church plant in Muchuri. People are being reached for the Lord. Amen. But here's the exciting part about the story. Right where we are, this house where we are, it used to be a Shebin before. They've converted a Shebin into a house of the Lord. Amen. Well, great things are happening in Botswana, you know. As I've said before, you know, some of these structures that are being built, they are built for us to use them for church. Amen. And then another quick testimony. Um, two weeks ago, I went on a hike with my son and we joined some of the young adults from Joburg. And uh, what is amazing is you look at that waterfall, it's only 20 minutes outside of Joburg. You know, it's so close by, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. But there were two ladies on this group that really, their story challenged me. One of them is a Canadian Chinese. Uh, she used to go to Every Nation, Hong Kong. She came to South Africa, moved to South Africa, looked for a church, she found us. But the story that really touched me is an Austrian lady 
German speaking, speaking a little bit of uh, English. She found us on Meetup. I didn't even know there was an app called Meetup. I found out at the hike there's an app called Meetup. So basically, she wanted to go on a hike. She went on this app, Meetup, connected with the young adults, and she started uh, hiking with them and started coming to our church in the evening service. And she's just plugged in. She's connected, as Fiona was saying, to the life of the church. But what really, really encouraged me is this. She said to me, Muruti. No, she didn't say Muruti. This is how much I like Muruti. She said, uh, Pastor, you know, uh, two, two Sundays ago, you gave us homework, and you'll see where I'm going with this. There's going to be homework today. You gave us homework that we should send a text to someone just to encourage them because we can hear the Holy Spirit speak to us. And when the Holy Spirit gives you a name of a person, send them a text message. What amazes me the most is, you know, it is the young Christians who will do these things. A lot of us, we're like, ah, I've graduated. You know, I, that's for others. You know, I don't do homework. You know, it's for other people. She sent a text to two of her friends that came to mind in Austria. And one of them responded and said, you know, I'm going through such a rough patch right now. I appreciate you sending this message. I appreciate you saying just you're praying for me. Another friend responded and said, thank you so much that you're thinking of me and you're praying for me. I was really blown away by that story. And tonight she will be at the hub. I'll get her to share the story herself. The importance of just activating those gifts, fanning into flame the gifts that God has given us. Amen. So as we conclude the sermon series, breathe. Today we're speaking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm so stoked, I'm so excited about this topic because we're not really concluding the sermon series on the Holy Spirit. We continue to live with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember where we started, Chantal started so well, talking about our partnership with the Holy Spirit. You know, that partnership is there with us all the time. You know, I like how Pastor Roger last week emphasized the fact that the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, is like our war partner. We have a business partner. We have a war partner. We are never alone. And then we had Mesha speaking so well about the power of tongues, speaking in our heavenly language. You know, there was such a powerful message that I, I need to listen to it again. And as I listen to it again, I just want to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. What a powerful message. We also had Pastor Steve share with us uh, about the move of the Holy Spirit. And the, he spoke about the, the prophets and the law. So today, as we speak about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I want us to be able to be equipped to know the power of the anointing. And to also know that this anointing is with us 24-7. It's with us all the time. Anointing of the Holy Spirit is for four things that I'm going to share with you today. It is for the power of God. It is for preaching the gospel. It is for protection. And it is also for a purpose. The purposes and the call that we have, we need the anointing of God to fulfill them. Let me start by saying to anoint means to ceremonially confer divine or holy office upon a person. To confer a divine office, like we anointed the two evangelists that I mentioned earlier on. To confer on them this power that comes through the anointing of God. In fact, there are two symbols of the anointing. It is oil 
and it's also a mental. So oil, it's, 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 we know olive oil, whatever kind of oil that you like to use. But I will explain later on why oil is significant. And then also a mental, a mental can be a coat on my nice jacket that I wore today just to explain what a mental is, you know. Zale, when you wear this jacket, it's got an anointing. <laughs> but while I was in Botswana, I was quick to mention that, by the way, if someone is going to sell you oil, run away. If someone is going to sell oil, run away. If someone starts to say, hey, my jacket has got anointing, run away. That's not what we see in Scripture. People have made business with uh, the things of God. So our text today, it's Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to verse 38. You can open with me there, or it's up here on the screen. Acts chapter 10, we're looking at the anointing of God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Another person puts it this way, anointing is the burden-removing and yoke-breaking power of God. An anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-breaking power of God. Anointing is that which enables us to see supernatural things, to perform supernatural powers and miracles. That's what the anointing is for. So let's look at this text and see how Jesus himself was anointed. And the context of the scripture is that when you read from chapter 10, verse 1, we hear of a story of Cornelius who's busy praying. I will encourage you to go and read this chapter. You see how prayer plays such a significant role with the lives of the believers just in one chapter. Cornelius is praying and saying, Lord, we need you to come through for us. We want to have an encounter with you. And then as an answer to his prayer, Peter gets a vision, an angel of the Lord comes to him, and the angel of the Lord says, Peter, I want you to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And you will see now where we pick up how Peter responds to what the angel of the Lord said as he goes to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. We read, the Gentiles hear the good news. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him and does what is right and acceptable to him, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead the third day, made him to appear, not, all, not to all people, but also to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the appointed one by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, to, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receive the forgiveness of sins through his name. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. 
So friends, from this text, the four things I want to share with us today is the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for power. The anointing of the Holy Spirit brings power. We'll see how the Bible says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And we're going to see that the anointing also helps us to preach the gospel. We don't do it on our own strength, but we do it with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're also going to see how the anointing of God protects us from the attacks of the enemy. And finally, we're going to see that the anointing of God is necessary for each and every one of us to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. So from where we've read, talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, I like the fact that the Bible started by saying, Peter opened his mouth. Peter opened his mouth. You know, some people think that you'll preach the gospel by all means without even opening your mouth. But Peter had to open his mouth and he spoke about Jesus. And this is what he said. You all know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Let me pause there. You know, I like the fact that scripture will mention things. And when they are mentioned, you should ask yourself why they are mentioned. So when it says Jesus of Nazareth, some of us will remember, in case you are following The Chosen, I will encourage you to watch it, watch it with your family. It's also in Scripture that people will say, can something good come out of Nazareth? Can something good come out of Nazareth? And then I like this because it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. You know, I, I think for some people when they hear that I'm from Pochestrum, let me just confess, Quentin, when people hear I'm from Pochestrum, I think they don't say it out loud, but in their hearts they're like, can something good come out of Pochestrum? You know, if you know the, if you know the history of Pochestrum, you really understand what I mean. If you know the role that Pochestrum played in the orchestration of apartheid, you're like, can something good Come out of porch of all places, praise God. Thank you, Nicola. You can feel me. You know, like God can do amazing things. You know, even a town like Porchestrum, God can redeem it. You know, the gospel has been preached in porch. You know, I don't have time to tell you of my story of growing up in Porchestrum, but I can tell you one thing. When Pastor Willem Nell invited me to go and preach to porch the first time, I knew the scripture works because the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God carried me to go to a very place where I was a gardener to preach the gospel. The anointing of God can turn you into a different person. The anointing of God can give you the power that you didn't have before. You can imagine God works in amazing ways. I mean, like the church, every nation, Porches Room is on the same street where I worked as a gardener. I mean, how's that for God? I'm like, take a garden boy, let me be real with you, and put him right there to preach the gospel to people who mistreated him because of the anointing of God. The anointing of God will turn you into a different person. Go read in the Old Testament. It speaks about how when the Spirit of God came upon Saul, the Bible says he was turned into a different person and he started to prophesy. You read about David, the Bible says when the Spirit of God came upon him, when he was anointed, he was turned into a different person. The anointing of God will bring a power that you'll never have on your own. 
The anointing of God will turn you into a different person. In fact, when you read it in the Old Testament, it says the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him when he was anointed. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon me when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you now, I, can st- I could stand in front of the church in Porter's room with the love of God. Not with anger, not with hatred. Because the anointing of God will turn you into a different person. It will turn you into a different person. How God anointed Jesus of Porter's room, of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I mean, look at the scripture. It says, after he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing what? He went about doing what? He went about doing what? Good. When the anointing of God comes, we should be doing what? Good. The anointing of God is there for us to do the things that Fiona was talking about. You can tell even in her testimony that she changed into a different person. The anointing of God will help us to do good, to serve others, and not just to serve ourselves. The Bible also says he went about healing those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He went about healing those who were oppressed. I I like the, the use of words here. It says healing those who were oppressed. Maybe they could have chosen a different word. He went about setting free. He went about delivering those who are oppressed. But we realize that people who are oppressed, what they need is healing. People who are oppressed, what they need is healing of the soul. People who are sick even physically, the issue is not the physical health. The issue is soul health. It is when the soul is good, when the soul is healed, the body will follow. We've seen it so many times, people holding on to unforgiveness and uh, they wonder why I'm not getting healed. It's because the soul is not healed. He went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. I like the fact that the anointing of God brings the presence of God for God was with him all the time, 24-7. You know, when you continue to read from this very text in um, Acts chapter 10, how God anointed him, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and power. Verse 39, and we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. We are witnesses. We saw him do these things. We saw him do these things. You know, I'm reminded of the fact that the power of God accompanies the Holy Spirit. The power of God accompanies the Holy Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit, the power of God will accompany us. So we ask ourselves this question, why did Jesus have to be baptized in water and with the Holy Spirit? I believe that Jesus had to be baptized in water and the Holy Spirit to fulfill his purpose. When you read Luke 19 verse 10, the Bible says he came to seek and save the lost. So for him to seek and save the lost, he needed to be baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. So he needed the anointing of God to fulfill his purpose. But the second reason which I like the most is to be a model of obedience for us. 
is to be a model of obedience, that we also need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in water. John 14, 12, the Bible says, Truly I say unto you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Jesus says, greater things you will do. You know, this scripture troubles me because you look at all the things that Jesus did. And the Bible says, greater things you will do. Greater things. So he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and he did great things. There was a model for us. Greater things will he do because I'm going to the Father. We read uh, three weeks ago, John 16, 7. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper, the paraclete, will not come. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and he will guide you into all truth. That's why I wrote there, we want to see the power of God at work in our lives, but we don't want the complete work of the Holy Spirit. We want the power, but we don't want the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. I like the words of Jesus. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not, will not come. You know, these words, it is to your advantage. If you can take them away today and think about them. Jesus said, when I'm with you, I can only be in one place. But when the Holy Spirit comes, I'll be in many places at the same time. The anointing will be with you at the same time. And I'm, I'm thinking about how my wife and I will say to our kids from time to time, it is to your advantage that we go away. Especially when they're still very little, we were using the words of Jesus. It is to your advantage. You do not understand now, but later you will understand. And, and I think at times we are like children, we are like that, like we don't understand fully what Jesus wanted to achieve when he said, I'm going to go away, but the person that's coming is equal to me, but he's got the power that's going to help you to achieve your purpose. We need that power. It is to advantage that he goes away. I believe one of the reasons we are not seeing signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit is because of our motives. Our motives may not be right. Now, let me just preach to myself for a little bit. Sometimes we want signs and wonders so that we can establish Simon Lerafolo International Ministries. All right? Sometimes we want the, the signs and wonders so that we can start, you know, Solomon Moase International Apostolic Bishop Ministries. The right reverend bishop. Let's just be real. We want the anointing and the power of God for our names, but not to glorify God. I believe we will see signs and wonders because God sees our hearts. God sees our hearts. We'll see signs and wonders when God looks at our hearts and says, I see you. You want the power for my glory, not for your glory. The anointing is for the preaching of the gospel. We're jumping now to verse 42. It says, And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judged. He commanded us. It was not a suggestion. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he's the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. 
to him all the prophets bear witness. Even the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him, that's the gospel right there, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. There is no other gospel. There is no other savior. He's the only savior anointed by God to do good things and to heal all those who are oppressed by the devil. So on that note, I'm, I'm just wanting to bring your attention to this. I know that for some of us, preaching the gospel might come across as a very difficult thing to do. But I believe that when we understand that the Spirit of God is there with us to preach the good news, we will be turned and changed into a different person. We can't do this. Look at Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, speaking about Jesus who's to come. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings, the good news to the poor. I needed to be anointed to speak this truth. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, those who are bound up, and the opening of prison to those who are bound. We need the anointing of God to preach the gospel. We need this anointing. Amen. Let me fast forward. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is for power, for preaching, for protection, and for purpose. So for protection, why do we say the anointing is for protection? Let me explain it to you this way. In the olden days, and you can still see it in some of the rural areas in South Africa and also in Lesotho, you still see the shepherds will go out with their sheep taking them out for pasture, taking them out to go and graze. What would normally happen in the olden days is you will see insects or lice coming through the head and through the ears, and they will burrow through the ears. They will make a hole through the ears and go to the brain and eat, start eating the brain of the sheep until the sheep dies. And I was thinking about that, wow, that's actually very profound how the enemy is always targeting our brain. He's targeting the mind because he knows once I get your mind, once I get your brain, I will kill you. Once I steal your identity, once I start telling you all the lies that are not true about yourself, I'm going to take you out. But you know what the shepherds will do? This is now the significance of oil. They will take the oil and they will put it on the sheep's head. So once the oil is on the sheep's head, those insects and those lice will actually slide down. They will not be able to go into the ears. I'm like, this is profound. Now I understand the scripture better. I think it is, uh, it's probably not on the slide here. It, it reads in uh, Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke, the burden, will be destroyed because of the anointing. So it means when the enemy tries to come in, the anointing of God will make the enemy to slide down. Will make the enemy to not be able to get to your brain or to your mind. I was just thinking about that and pondering about how the enemy is trying to attack us physically, trying to attack us emotionally and mentally. He's constantly trying to take us out, but by growing to the brain. 
research by Dr. Caroline Leaf shows that prayer changes the brain. Let me read this for you. Linked to the concept of neuroplasticity or the rewiring of the brain, they have discovered, scientists discover all the stuff that's already in the Bible, remember. 12 minutes of focused prayer over eight-week period changes the brain. 12 minutes of focused prayer over eight-week period changes the brain, and it can be measured on a brain scan. They can see that change, you'll be changed into a different person because of prayer. Because the anointing of God removes the burden and destroys the yoke. And they continue to say, not only does prayer touch the heart of God, it also changes the brain. Just as toxic and negative thoughts harm the brain, prayer heals your brain. Prayer heals your brain. The Bible says it renews our minds. When we pray, especially when we pray the word, our minds will be renewed. Our minds, our brains will be protected from the lies of the enemy. Let me, let me just put it to you this way. Uh, this is one of the big things that I would like you to take away from this word is uh, when we read the word of God and we partner with the Holy Spirit, something amazing happens in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. You know, when you read the word, you don't just read it as a, as a novel, but when you read the word, you read it like a love letter. What is Jesus saying to me today? So the best way to overcome the lies of the enemy and to attract the anointing of God is to be in this word and partner with the Holy Spirit. The best way to to put it is we need to read the word. We need to listen to the word. We need to speak the word. We need to pray the word. We need to obey the word. Let me say it again. We need to read the word. We need to listen to the word, whether you use audio Bible or you speak the word out loud to yourself. You need to hear this word. You need to meditate on this word. You need to pray this word and you need to obey this word. You'll see the anointing of God at work. If we want to be protected by the anointing of God, let's read the word, listen to the word, speak the word, declare the word, pray the word, meditate on the word. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is for power, preaching, protection, and purpose. Let's go to the last one. We see in the Old Testament to the New Testament what's called the the priestly anointing. We see the kingly anointing. We see even the marketplace anointing. You know, the, the priestly anointing is when you study about Aaron and the Levitical priest that they had to be anointed with oil to be conferred into an office, a divine office, what God had called them to be. For them to be in their call, they needed to be anointed. We read about the kingly anointing, Saul, David, they were anointed. In fact, Solomon was one of those that called himself the anointed one. I'm not talking about you, Saul. Solomon in the Bible. He called himself the anointed one. I think he kind of like had a swag, you know. I'm the anointed one. The one we don't always hear about a lot is the marketplace anointing. And I'm sure you've had uh, Dorian who carries this uh, very close to his heart talk about this. The marketplace anointing is realizing that people in the marketplace, which is 99% of you, you are also called. You are also called. We need to move away from 
It's only the pastors who are called. You are also called. In fact, uh, Pastor Roger read this scripture for us, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, in Exodus 31. In case you were wondering, it's right here in scripture. Exodus 31, verse 1. The Bible says, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. That's the anointing. People in the marketplace, you also need the anointing. I have filled them with the Spirit of God, with ability, intelligence, with knowledge, and craftsmanship. You continue to read it. His business partner as well, Oholiab, was called. It's amazing. It's right here in Scripture. Uh, let me emphasize this. The Spirit of God, the anointing of God gave them ability. Receive it, Zael. Receive it in Paul. The, 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 the anointing of God gave them intelligence. You need it for the boardroom. The anointing of God gave them knowledge. Receive it any. The few names that I can remember right now. It is to say that you, your call is as important as the priestly anointing and the kingly anointing. You are also called. Amen. You are also called. One of the things that I, I like to put in my office, if you've ever been to my office, you will see this picture. To help people understand that we are all called. You know, the best way to find your purpose, because I know a lot of people, they struggle with, what is my purpose? This is the easiest way to, to, to know your purpose. The calling, that circle they're calling, it is what you love to do, what you are passionate about. When you wake up in the morning, you look forward to going to work. If you're not looking forward to going to work, let's pray about it. Maybe you're not in God's call for your life. It's what you're passionate about, what you like doing. I like to call it the zone, when you're in the zone. And then competence. Competence is what you're good at. It's the things that you do, even with eyes closed. It's your gifts, your talents, and your skills. And you know that you can grow your competence. Your skills, you can grow them, right? And then your career, career is your vocation or your business is what you get paid to do. Amen to that. So you combine those three, you find your purpose. But one thing that people don't realize is career does not determine your call. Career does not determine your calling. Your career, your vocation can change, but your call will not change. Your call is intricately linked to your competence, your skills, your gifts and talents. I like it because people who have studied this, they will show you that the gifts and talents that are in you already, why did God give them to you if you're going to be working here and you're not using your gifts and talents? You work in a place where your gifts and talents are already being expressed and then you find that career, you'll know that that's your calling. That is your purpose. But you need the anointing of God. You need the anointing of God. All of us, we need the anointing of God. I close with this. How do we receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Through the laying on of hands. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, fan into flame the gifts of God that have been deposited in you through the laying on of hands. Paul writes to Timothy. It is also through serving. Servanthood positions us for the mantle of God. Like Elijah and Elisha, 
Elisha was saving Elijah and he received the mantle of God over his life. Naomi and Ruth, Ruth saving Naomi and she received the mantle of leadership over her life. Timothy saving Paul. As we serve, we attract the anointing of God over our lives. When we serve others, we attract the anointing of God over our lives. You can go and study those names that I've mentioned. See how they served and how the favor of God came through the anointing of God. Prioritizing the word of God, being passionate about prayer, and pursuing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe that this is one of the ways we're going to see the revival that we're praying for. It is when we prioritize the word. It is when we are passionate about prayer and we pursue the Holy Spirit. The moment you've all been waiting for. That's the homework. I think we're going to change the city of Joburg when we do this. Just let's try this. Schedule 15 minutes on your calendar for two months. Pray every day. And schedule another 15 minutes in the Word and share with your connect group of the impact of it after two months. So this is very simple. If you can do 30 minutes, combine it. That's fine. If you can't do 30 minutes, you can do it morning, noon, or evening, whatever works for you. You can do it at lunchtime at work. Take 15 minutes to pray. Remember what research said, only 12 minutes of focused prayer. 12 minutes of focused prayer will change your brain. I mean, the testimony I have with you is that from January this year, we've been part of a, a, a Zoom prayer group for revival every single morning, praying for an hour. And most of the times, we're praying in the Spirit. We listen to you, Mesha. We're just praying in the Spirit. We're just praying in the Spirit. And boy, this revival taking place here. Just praying and praying and praying. Focus prayer. I mean, even, even just the shift we are seeing in our family in, with our children, we see a shift. We're like, I mean, I got a call from one of the teachers on, 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 on Fridays. The teacher used this word, we see a shift. I'm like, I know why. We are praying. We are praying. I know we are out of time, but um, I want to say this for us. Love for the word and prayer creates an environment conducive for fire and anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't know any other recipe. I'm sure some of you thought there'll be a new revelation. This is the new revelation. When we are in the Word, when we pray and we listen to worship, we create an environment conducive for the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand and pray. So if you don't have a connect group, find one. We can help you find one so you can share your homework. Like that Austrian lady who was blown away by just activating her gift and then praying for people. It, it impacted her. You'll be amazed how this will change your life. Remember, you'll be turned into a different person. Father, I pray this morning that God, we will go home and be people of the word, Father God. We'll go home and be people of prayer, people who pursue the Holy Spirit, Father God, and people of honor, Father God. Father, I pray that, God, we will realize that even some of the illnesses or the challenges that we have will vanish. They will slide away when we prioritize the word, when we pray, Father God. When we listen to worship, Father God, when we just 
put aside all the pressures of this world and choose to just connect with you in a deeper way. I believe, Father, we are creating an environment conducive for this revival that we've been praying for for many years, Lord God. And we're going to see that revival. We're going to live to see that revival. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.